Welcome to Better by Great Place to Work, the podcast that helps companies become a great place to work for all because it's better for people, better for business, and better for the world. I'm Christopher Tkachuk, the Chief Content Officer at Great Place to Work. Each week, we meet with great leaders who have helped their companies become better workplaces by focusing on their best asset, their people, who in turn help their organizations become more successful. Support for Better comes from Genentech, a global leader in biotech and medicine and continues to be a longtime winner on Fortune's annual list of the 100 best companies to work for. Welcome to Better. We are here with Kelly Greer from EY. EY is a global provider of assurance, tax, transaction, and advisory services. It serves its clients by delivering insights and quality services that build trust and confidence in capital markets and help create sustainable growth in global economies. The company employs more than 45,000 people in the U.S. and has been a longtime winner on Fortune's list of the 100 best companies to work for. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. It's great to be here, Chris. Kelly has been with the company for 27 years. She has worked in the space of accounting and auditing for that entire time, right, Kelly? Well, we also, in addition to auditing, accounting, tax. Professional services, all of that. Exactly. Consulting, transaction work, the whole nine yards, yep. And you had previously, uh, before taking this new role this past summer, congratulations on that. It must have been difficult being a woman leader to rise so high up in the organization throughout the years. The entire industry has changed a lot, you know. In those 27 years with EY, what has it been like for you? What have you seen that has really changed the company? Well, there's there's so much that's changed you can imagine over that period of time you know I think that the reason that I have been able to be successful is actually a combination of the right sponsorship and support throughout the course of the 27 it's actually almost 28 years now as well as how culturally you know we've really shifted to focus on sponsorship of women and you know all of our professionals diverse backgrounds and you know I've certainly benefited from that there's no question I've had wonderful experiences I've had terrific sponsors and I think that we've you know we've really gotten very intentional on how we sponsor and support up-and-coming leaders and I think that that contributed to certain developmental experiences that I had I spent almost five years working overseas that was a very transformative leadership opportunity for me and several other ensuing opportunities from there I've had a very diverse and very rich career that ultimately gave me the breadth of experiences needed to be ready to take on the role of leading you know leading the 32 countries including the US that comprise our Americas so there's been a lot of change in the business there's certainly been a lot of change in terms of how we cultivate and sponsor leadership as well now, when you were working in the, the central region for the company and you oversaw talent, is it unusual for someone who comes from that space, who specializes in talent, to then get the top job in the company? You know, it's a great question, and it is unusual. And I would argue that it needs to be more common and less unusual. I was more surprised than anyone when my then CEO asked if I would take on the role as our America's leader of talent, the talent organization, because I'd always been very engaged in serving our clients, leading our teams, being in the market, and uh, really much more focused on on the business aspect of what we did as opposed to the talent agenda. But when he asked me to do it, he said, that's exactly why we want you to take on the role, because of the business orientation of your background and bringing that business perspective to advancing the talent agenda. And it was one of the most incredible experiences that I've had, incredibly gratifying. It allowed me to understand in a very a very acute way the correlation between your talent agenda and your business agenda. 
and that these things are inextricably linked. And if you really want to drive a powerful business agenda, you have to drive a powerful talent agenda. That's where it starts. Mm -hmm. And the business outcomes really are the manifestation of a very effective and impactful talent agenda. So it was a wonderful experience. And there are a few of us, there are a few others that have had roles in talent or HR along their career journey, ultimately to the top spot. And I do think that those of us who've had that experience lead differently as a result of it. Mm -hmm. EY was just named two weeks ago as the number 34 spot on the Fortune 100 Best Companies Workforce list. So congratulations on that. Thank you. We're so excited. So proud. 21 consecutive years on the list. I know. That's fantastic. The reason why your company has appeared and done so well over the years is that it has really outperformed many other companies, especially within the industry, uh, around employee engagement. And using the Trust Index survey from a great place to work, we've discovered that EY's employees, at least 87% of them said that it overall is a really great place to work because 94% are saying that people are given a lot of responsibility, which you've talked about. I have a question about, you know, the, the theme of this year's summit is igniting or inspiring innovation by all. And you are one of our executive co-chairs, so thank you. We're very happy to have you here. I want to know, how are you inspiring innovation for all employees at EY? I mean, when I think of professional services, I don't think innovation. You know, I don't think anybody really does right away until someone like you can explain how you do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And first and foremost, we have to be innovators in our field because we are one of the firms that leads our clients through transformation. You know, they look to us to help navigate disruption, to pursue new opportunities, to deal with complexities associated with technology and you know technological changes, geopolitical risks, all of that. And so we have to be on the very bleeding edge of change. And that has always been an element of our DNA. You know, we, I would say we have historically characterized it more as being entrepreneurial as opposed to innovative, but in many respects those two words are interchangeable. And we are very, very focused on innovating our own business as well as helping our clients innovate. And it's fundamental to having an experience with an EY. It's a bit of this apprenticeship model that you've alluded to in terms of the experiences that people get very early in their careers, a great deal of responsibility, and we're able to afford people that type of responsibility and really autonomy because of the infrastructure that exists to support them. And so it's it really is a key part of, you know, who we are. It's a key part of the talent agenda. It's a key part of the business agenda. And, you know, it's interesting. I as we're looking, you know, to the future, we're talking more and more about a different type of leadership needed to navigate, you know, the world that we see ahead of us. You know, as we look around the corner, the pace of change is never going to be you know, less than what it is today. In fact, it will only hasten, and yet it's unprecedented today, the amount of change and that pace of change. And to be able to lead through that and to cultivate leaders who will follow in your footsteps requires a different set of skills, and it requires that you unlock the potential of every individual who's part of your team. And the team complement looks very different today than it did even a couple of years ago. You know, we are literally hiring thousands and thousands of data scientists into EY. The the technology backgrounds of individuals that we're bringing on board has become much more ubiquitous as opposed to specialized. And so the workforce itself looks very, very different. And one other dimension to the innovative culture, you know, that I think we uniquely 
have is our workforce is very young. It trends to a very young demographic, which is really, really wonderful. And the expectations that they have, our, our workforce, to contribute in a very sort of autonomous but also team-oriented way is a catalyst for a lot of the change that I'm describing around innovation as well. Yeah, when I look at your numbers around the generational statistics for your workforce, it looks like roughly almost two-thirds of the company are millennials. Exactly. Yeah, yep, that's, that's really exactly surprising. right. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Genentech, a biotechnology company dedicated to the rigorous pursuit of science and the discovery and development of breakthrough medicines for people with serious diseases. Recognized as one of Fortune's 100 best companies to work for for more than two decades, Genentech cultivates an environment where scientific innovation thrives and where each person feels valued, included, and able to contribute their best for patients. Learn more at gene.com. I want to know more about the biggest challenge you've had over the past eight months since you took this, uh, this new role in the company. Well, it's a massive role, and uh, as I said, there are 32 countries that comprise what we call the Americas, and we're all moving at an incredible pace. And just as we're working with our clients in really evolving and, and transforming their business, the ability for us to evolve and transform our own business is critical to our success going forward as well. And so, you know, it's not an uncommon sort of hypothesis that we see with our clients where they are looking to transform the way that they operate internally, but they're also looking to transform the way that they deliver on whatever their stakeholder or market expectations are. So are we doing the same? And so that's a big part of the undertaking that I've really kicked off since having stepped into the role. And I had the benefit of some transition time in, in advance of July 1 when I officially stepped into the role. But that's a really significant undertaking where, you know, you're moving at pace, you are bringing skills and offerings to market that had heretofore never existed, right? You're literally creating these innovative offerings to help our clients navigate change and disruption. And at the same time, you're transforming your own business. So what I would say is that the, just the sheer breadth and volume of change that's impacting our business is probably the biggest challenge, but it's also the greatest opportunity. And I think that we've never been better poised to be able to execute on, on that change agenda. I'm incredibly excited about the change that we've already been able to achieve, the things that we're already doing, you know, really aligning across all of the, you know, the area and leveraging the incredible talents that exist and the assets and offerings that are being developed by our people all around the world. When you knew that you were going to get this job, did you turn to anybody for advice? I turned to many people for advice. Yeah, I did. And what, what was the best thing that you were told and the worst thing? <laughs> uh, I would say the best thing that I was told, and, and I've been told this, you know, I come back to this ethos uh, frequently, is um, just to have a level of vulnerability as a leader, to recognize that you don't know everything, to be willing to admit what you don't know, to be willing to admit when you've made a mistake, mm -hmm. accept it, own it, but move swiftly forward. Mm -hmm. That's been a key sort of leadership principle that I've really promoted, you know, for most of my you know, most of my sort of mature leadership years. Mm -hmm. The thing that I've heard in terms of maybe not the best advice is to get everyone on board, to not to move too fast, that there is a, a risk associated with moving too fast, and 
there's um, a need for you to literally you know get everybody on board and I characterize that as not great advice because I just don't think it's representative of our current realities you know I just I don't think that we have the time to literally get absolutely everybody on board and I also don't think that we have the time for measured change you know I think that the environment the world is calling for profound change not measured change and to remain on the front line of that both in terms of you know our success as an organization but our importantly our ability to drive you know that pace and that profound extent of change for our clients I think really requires a just a different level of velocity we have five minutes left so I'm gonna ask two questions the first uh, goes back to the millennial workforce see with so many Millennials working for EY these are the potential future leaders of the organization, right? And when you meet with them, what are you doing to inspire them not only to stay with the company for as long as they can, because you know, with the millennial generation, the numbers show that they, there's lots of turnover in every industry, but how are you inspiring them to stay and how are you helping them develop the right leadership skills? Mm, really great questions. So I, I think as it relates to inspiring them to stay, you know, they really need to see where, you know, where and how they fit within the organization. It does come back to culture. It really does come back to culture. They've got a, the sense of belonging is very palpable and very powerful. And if you feel that sense of belonging, I belong here, I matter here, the contributions I make have value, and I'm going to be supported here, and I'm going to be given an opportunity to succeed. I'm going to be given opportunities to fail, but fail fast in a safe environment, because in failing, eventually we'll achieve successes we'd never dreamed of before, right? You've All of that is part of this culture of belonging. And I think that the millennial population in particular wants to have that sense of belonging and purpose. They want to know that they belong and that what they're doing matters, right? And it contributes to a higher calling. And so I, that's probably one of the most powerful aspects of our culture and you know how we really drive that the sense of the belonging but but a very strong level of retention as well mm-hmm. I think that the leadership skills then are a corollary to that you've got to be able to lead in dynamic times you've got to be able to promote that same sense of belonging you've got to be able to unlock the greatest potential from the people who are part of your teams we only operate in teams there are no lone rangers at EY everybody's part of a team and your ability to operate effectively and be a you know, a very um, strong contributor to the team is fundamental to how you succeed within the firm, but also, you know, the way that you lead as you continue to progress within the firm. And what inspired you to stay for 27 years, almost 28 years? Uh, It's also just a wonderful question. I've had so many different experiences. I've never felt that my growth trajectory had leveled off. I did things I never thought I would do. The the talent role is a great example. I would never in a million years have thought that I would have led the America's talent agenda. I was able to spend nearly five years overseas in really deep sort of cultural immersion of uh, how we serve our clients globally, but how we operate globally. I've been able to be a part of our diversity and inclusion agenda. And really, you know, in the very early days when we were still figuring out how do we really elevate diversity within EY, and then the work that we do with clients is um, just incredibly powerful as well. I mean, we literally are creating the future for many of these organizations that we work with. And, you know, finally, and perhaps most importantly, is the work that we do really matters. And I have conviction in that. I have conviction in the responsibility that EY has to capital markets. You know, there's a really critical role that we play as stewards of the capital markets. And uh, the level of trust that's placed in us is a very significant 
responsibility that I feel great you know, conviction in. This is why you're our executive co-chair, is because we have aligned missions of changing the world through our work. Which we couldn't be more supportive of. You, we are also very much aligned in that respect. Building a better working world is for absolutely all. for all. Exactly, yes. exactly is the EY purpose, and so this partnership is a, a brilliant partnership for both of us. Thank you, and thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. You've been listening to Better by Great Place to Work, the podcast that helps everyone create better workplaces because it's better for people, better for business, and better for the world. Better is generously sponsored by Genentech, a global leader in biotech and medicine that ranks among the world's best employers. Tell us about your great workplace experiences by finding us on social media. We can be reached on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram at greatplacetowork underscore US. Also tell your friends about Better by Great Place to Work, which can be found wherever you download your favorite podcasts.